you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. NFL Total Access is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. It's Tuesday, October 4th, and you're listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast. Two Super Bowl champs, two special guests, former Seahawk, former Niner, which explains that winning smile from the real Mike Robb, the pride of Richmond VA. Michael Robinson, hello, sir. I'm excellent. What's going on? We're going to find out in a moment. Our second guest is a former Patriot and a former Brown, which may explain the terse look on his face. <laughs> He's the pride of Long Beach CA. He's Willie McGinnis. Hello, sir. How you doing? Good. Coming up on the pod, rumors of an identity thief on the loose in Baltimore. Why Michael Robinson says it is time for Lamar Jackson to reclaim his identity. Listen up, Greg Roman. It is time to let Lamar be Lamar. Mike will also explain why the loss of Javante Williams to the Broncos is even worse than we thought. Plus, you can't spell Willie without a couple L's. You can't spell Philly without a couple L's. Mm -hmm. And where are those L's on the Eagles' schedule? There must be a couple, right? We're on the search for them. Incidentally, this is what you get when you are the last of the unbeatens. Are the Kansas City Chiefs the most impressive offense in the NFL right now? Willie's answer is no. N-O, as in not obvious. Willie is seeing something in how the Chiefs are doing what they are doing, and he will share it. But first. This one is juggle picked. There goes Hafunga. Hafunga, touchdown, San Francisco, pick six. And this is now 24-9. Gentlemen, two numbers stand out from last night's 49ers win over the Rams. The first number is 33. The combined number of targets for Cooper Cup and Tyler Higby. Mike Robb, I'm going to start with you. Are the defending champions defined right now by imbalance? Yeah, I would say they, they are defined by being imbalanced. And it's hard to run the football when defenses and safeties aren't backing up as much anymore. Um, to me, what's lacking in this Rams offense is space and speed. Um, Cooper Cups is a receiver number one. He's one of those guys. He'll route you up. You can, you can, you can literally lean on him in the passing game. But I wouldn't consider him an explosive player, meaning he's not a guy you throw a hitch to and he goes 90. He runs past the defense. He's not that Tyreek Hill type of a guy. And when the Rams won the Super Bowl last year, they had speed, right? A Van Jefferson, he may not be the guy you throw a wide receiver screen to and he goes 90, but if you have that big strong-arm quarterback and Matthew Stafford hits twice and then throw it, he can catch it 50 yards and run 90, right? He can run those clear-out routes. They're missing that guy. Remember, guys, Deshaun Jackson was on this team for a while and then he didn't want to be there anymore. Why? Because he felt like he was running clear-out routes to get other guys open. And that's what I think is starting to happen with this offense um, with, with Sean McVay and the Los Angeles Rams. They don't have that speed guy to clear out. And without having that clear out, those windows get a little bit smaller for Cooper Cup. The, the, the passes get a little bit more difficult to, to get into him. And then I think Matthew Stafford, from all the 
injuries and things going across uh, along the offensive line, he's basically hitting his last step and he's waiting to see Cooper Cup get open. Mm-hmm. He's, he's literally leaning on him a little bit too much. Which I think we saw in the pick six. It looked like he was locked in on Cooper Cup and everybody in the stadium knew it. Pick six. Yeah, good defensive backs and, you know, people who study, they study your, your formations. They know what type of routes come out of certain formations. And, and both of these head coaches, offensive coordinators, do a great job of giving you something that looked like it, it was previously and giving you something different off of that. But I think when you got a pass rush like the 49ers, you don't have time to hold the ball and wait for long developing routes. So these DBs understand that if you got a heck of a front, the ball has to come out else the quarterback's either going to get hit, get sacked, or it's what we saw. Hufunga jumping a route because he know the quarterback doesn't have time and you can't do a double move to throw that it over his head. Play, though, can yeah, he can play. That kid got instincts, yeah. bro. He sees the release by the receiver he's on, Higby, and then he's anticipating the quick throw. He reads it. House call. He's like I know, player, I know the man. people think talk about Troy Polamalu because of the hair in the USC yeah. or whatever. But he got real he's ball a good player. Like, he's a good player, man. He's, he's a way really to play winner player. last week too. And a lot, yeah. And a lot of people, you know, wonder why he went so late. But he's showing that, you know, it doesn't matter the rounds and stuff. So I thought when you compile all that, and you know that ball has to come out because he's going to get hit, which he was doing all night. You can jump a route like that and make a play. House call. I teased. Two numbers. The second number that stood out to me is proof that Jimmy G may have Sean McVay's number, and that number is seven. <laughs> Jimmy G, 7-0 and oh, against Sean McVay and the Rams. Willie, can you explain this? Yeah. You know, I, we always use that analogy like boxers, like styles, styles make fights. And I just think that um, I'm not going to make excuses for injuries or this or that. Everybody's dealing with everything, you know. Um, I just think that the 49ers play a certain style of football whether these bo- both of these coaches come from the same coaching tree, one team is way more physical. Third down and nine, Bosa. The sack. One team is gonna gonna hit you in the mouth. They play a certain style. Um, they do things differently on both sides of the ball. They control the trenches, and when you line up against a finesse team and maybe they have more talent on the outside and they're faster, like. Say we played the, the, the greatest show on turf, they were more talented than us as far as skill position and all that and faster, but we turned it into a different game. We made it a physical, ugly, nasty game, which wasn't their game. And it just seems like every time these teams play, that's what it comes down to. Who's the most physical, dominating team in the trenches that's going to hit you, break tackles, whatever you can think of, it always shifts towards the 49ers, and it plays to their advantage. I totally agree with you, Willie. I agree. It's funny. <laughs> We're kind of saying Rams finesse with Aaron Donald on that team. It's well, funny. That, you, I get what yeah. you're saying, because I agree just, with you. I'm just thinking offensively. <laughs> yeah, yeah I agree with you. Um, I think it's a little deeper even than that, too, Willie. I think there's a psychological edge that Kyle Shanahan has over his disciples. Now it is. Yeah. I mean, for, <laughs> I real, mean, for seven times in a row. But I even think just in general, like, just watching it, I know these guys have been doing podcasts and stuff together. You see those guys in the same room and mm-hmm. hear that, all right, Kyle was the OC in Washington, and the rest of these guys were his quarterback coaches, quality control. He was assigning things to them. He was the the czar, and he was telling them how to develop. To me, there's, to me, that's a psychological edge there. Yeah, you... 
it may be emotional to McVay and the LaFleurs because that's like their big brother. That's like their teacher. And, they, you know, I want to get him. I want to fight him. I want to win. But I think Kyle uses all of that stuff against them. And to your point, when you talk about a, a, a physical team, yeah, I think Kyle instills something in those guys. He says something during the week to those yeah, guys where they it. go out there and they play at a, at a different intensity than any of his disciples, I'm talking about LaFleur and uh, Sean McVay, than any of his disciples' teams. It's like they play on a different, on a different intensity level. Some alpha male play going on around this place. <laughs> next topic, next question. How do you explain that the Baltimore Ravens have one MVP frontrunner on their team, but two losses on their record, having given up three score leads in both? Willie, can you explain that? I just think that, you know, there's things you got to work out. And, and, and the issues, you know, through the first quarter of the season, when you sit and, and you analyze what you need to do and adjust as a team, it's the second half. I think that the Ravens have gotten out to fast starts in each one of their games. They play, they score points, they play good defense, and for whatever reason, things just turn bad in the second half, especially at home. Okay, is the reason that Greg Roman is not using Lamar Jackson the way he should. Michael Robinson, I tease this as a Mike Rob story. Is it time to let Lamar be Lamar? And if so, what do you mean by that? Well, yes. It's always time to let Lamar be Lamar. Mm -hmm. Willie, you know what I'm talking You're a defender, bro. That dude has the tools that keep defenders up at night. Like, all right, now if he does this, I got to prepare for this, I got to do this, I got to do that. And now he's showing that he can throw the football. When you look at the numbers, he's throwing at about the same amount of pass attempts per game that he has in the previous years. I'm talking about in critical game situations. Now, we can look at that game last week against the Buffalo Bills and say, hey, they got down there on the goal line. Coach Harbaugh went with his, went with his gut, say, look, I trust my guys. Lamar had two open guys on that last play. And if he executes that play, then maybe we're talking about something different right now. And he himself said that and in the postgame conference, if we execute, we're not having we're not even having this. We're not even having this discussion. Me, though, I look at Lamar as a running, or not a running back, but a runner with supreme passing ability. And in those situations, I want to put him in the most comfortable environment as possible. And to me, that is with the ball in his hands, him running it or having the ability to run, and it's pure 11-on-11 11 11 football. When you relegate it to a pass, you spread it all out like that, you give the defense an ability to defend him, i.e., you look at what the Miami Dolphins did to him over the last couple of years, that zero blitz and just forcing issues and forcing, taking the fight to Lamar. To me, that's why I look at Greg Roman and say, maybe you slighted Lamar in that regard. In critical situations, the guy needs the ball in his hands. He needs to be attacking the defense, not, back, not backpedaling, looking to see who to throw the football to. But, but to be honest, though... Talk to me. With, without a communication issue with the Ravens in Miami, they win that game. Yes. And they lost to the bad, one of the baddest men on the planet, yes. Josh Allen. I yes. mean, these are... And they should have probably should have won that game, too. Yeah, but when you're, when you're a good football team and you're ready, okay, we, we can't say people are not healthy, right? Because last year, they, yeah. everybody was injured. So we'd be like, oh, they, they didn't have all their guys. That's no excuse. Yeah, when you're a good football team and you've been together for a while and you got really good coaches, communications... Issues, that don't 17 pass. point leads. Like you, you finish, you learn how to finish. You don't beat yourself, right? You've been on a great team. Mm -hmm. You, those are some of the things we don't do. You're not going to beat us, dog, because we beat ourselves. We're not going to have a bunch of penalties. We're not going to have a bunch of turnovers. We, if we up on you, we're going to put our foot, our foot on your neck in the fourth quarter and, and, and pound you physically, mm -hmm. and it's over. 
Like, there's certain things you don't do as a good football team. So I'm looking at this team, and over the years, they have been one of the more consistent football teams and organizations as far as coaching and wins and talent and all that. I mean, you know, and I know it should equate to championships and playoffs, but they've been a good team. Mm -hmm. And I'm just looking, even if it's Josh Allen and those guys, you know at some point they're going to come back, right? They're going to start roaring back. But when you throw two interceptions in the second half or when this happens, you're helping them. Mm-hmm. They don't need no help. They're too good already. Like, these type of teams are, are too good. So when you start helping them, then that goes to, like, you. Like, you're, you got breakdowns. Goes back to my point it about goes back Greg to Roman. His point. <laughs> if you are running the ball, you are not helping. If you're in those situations in the second you're half, you're not throwing two up. picks. You're not throwing two picks. Yep. Right. And you are controlling the game script by controlling the clock. You are not letting a team come back on you. You are not giving Miami Dolphins that week. You are not giving the Buffalo Bills this week the number of drives they need to come (laughs) back. You're controlling the clock. You're controlling the game script. You win the game. But, of course, hindsight has the vision of a fighter pilot. We know this. I'm not worried about the Ravens. Are you? Well, they're 2-2? Yes. The Bucs 2-2? Yes, sir. Who else is 2-2? Two two? A lot of teams. There's a lot of teams 2-2 two two in the first quarter of the season. Are you worried about some of these teams? 2-2 two two flatters a lot of teams right it's now. It's a great start. Yeah. I think that, like I said, good coaches are going to get back to the basics like your coaches did and my coaches did and say, hey, we may be squeaking by. We may be barely winning. This ain't, this ain't our caliber football. We got to get better if we plan on being here Agreed. in December. So I think those coaches will figure it out and those teams will start to to pick up um, because I believe in what I've seen consistently from from those teams. Willie, I'm I'm not worried about this team only because of the division they play in. Right. With Cleveland not having Deshaun, with with Well he's coming back. I know he not, is not, but not, not for a minute. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? With Cincy having their issues up front and Joe Burrow was still getting getting equated. Right. If this division was better. I would, I, that would not be my same answer. I would say they were in trouble because, okay. to your point, man, this defense has been together too long. These coaches have been together. Lamar's, you know, should be paid. He's that, he's that, that guy for this franchise. They shouldn't be making those damn mistakes. You're I right. agree with you. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. You are listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast with Super Bowl champions Willie McGinnis and Michael Robinson, who will now pick the remaining games on the Eagles' schedule. You cannot spell Philadelphia Eagles without using three L's. Will they find (laughs) that many on the Eagles' schedule? Gentlemen, let's go game by game. Four wins in the books. Next game, week five at Arizona. I'm not a big believer in this Arizona Cardinals team. Um, (laughs) I'm not. I'm just going to be honest with you. They have a guy at quarterback who... 
always gives you a chance because it's that unpredictability, right? You, you, you can you can have a guy in a position to make the tackle, <laughs> but like we saw a couple weeks ago where he had that play going for like 16 seconds, he can use his special ability. So it's tough to pick games like that, yeah. but I'm going to go on Philadelphia Eagles to me have the better O-line. That's Philadelphia Eagles already to me have the better everything, so I'm going to go with Philly. Yeah, Kyler Murray, undeniable talent, but sometimes unreliable talent. Is that a W for the Eagles? W. Next game, week six versus Dallas at home. Divisional game mm-hmm. at home. Divisional games are always tough no matter what the record says. Is this a win or a loss for the Eagles? I'm going to say it's a win. And I, I think teams play divisional games closer. That's a great point. It looks different. We saw that this week in Washington, right? They had to come back and, and win that game. Um, that game was closer that game longer was than close. any of us anticipated. But right now, as a team, all the way around, I think Philly is playing much better, a much better brand of you football. You agree? I agree. Where is this game being played? That game is at home. At Philly, um, I'm from the East Coast. I live on the East Coast. The weather has changed. Dak is probably going to try to get back for that game. I don't like it for his thumb. Mm. I got Philly winning that one. Their reward for a win, according to you guys, in week six is a bye in week seven. They come back in week eight after a bye at home again against a reeling, I think we can agree, Steelers team, but a redefining Steelers team with Kenny Pickett at quarterback. Is this a win or a loss for the Eagles? It's a win, but it'll be very close. Uh, wounded dog will give you everything, right? On side kicks, fake punts, all of that stuff. Uh, but I got Philly winning by close. Do you agree? Yeah, I got Philly. Week nine at Houston. A, a weird AFC South. Houston some days looks like the seller. Some days they look like the standard in that division. Uh, is this a win or a loss for the Eagles at Houston? I'm going to say a win. I don't think Texans have enough talent to keep up. Michael? I, I totally agree with Willie, but I feel like this could be a trap game. Man. But I'm going to go with the win for Philly. But. So that is, as we stand right now, eight straight wins with one asterisk of concern for Michael Robinson in Week 9. Let's move to Week 10 at home. Another divisional game against the Washington Commanders, who have no idea who they are. Is this a win or a loss? Oh, it's a win for Philly. It's a win. That was the when they played each other. I mean, that that was a welcome home for 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 nobody. Nine sacks. <laughs> yeah. Seventeen. Nice you, Seventeen quarterback hits. Eight tackle for losses. I can keep going. Please don't. Please don't. <laughs> Please don't. Uh, week eleven. Right now, as we stand, the Philadelphia Eagles, according to Willie and Mike Rob, are nine and zero. Week eleven, at Indianapolis, an Indianapolis team that you could infer will have addressed some issues, may have gotten out of their own way, may have figured out how to be the Indianapolis Colts again. It's hard to extrapolate. Week 11 at Indy, win or a loss for the Eagles. Kurt Warner and myself had a a chat about this, and he said that the Colts would beat them in Week 11, and I said they wouldn't because the more physical team, and I I don't know if Matt Ryan is back. I don't know if he's going to be that guy. Maybe by Week 11 he will be, but I think – Philly will be a full full head of steam. I'm going with Philly. <laughs> Where did he go? You said man, Matt Ryan is back. He looked like the well, that same last drop. That, that last drive kind of gave me some hope. <laughs> some you know? hope. Oh, it's back I'm, like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, you know, how, you know, how when you feel it, <laughs> yeah. you feel it. Oh, that's what that's what no. I'm supposed to be. They're gonna take that L too, man. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's a W for the Eagles. Week 12 versus one of the top two or three teams in the NFC, Green Bay Packers. They get them at home Sunday night. What's the call? Win or a loss? Uh, that is the game that I gave them a loss to, the Green Bay Packers. I think the Green Bay Packers 
are not as physical, but they will have found themselves by week, what is that, 12? Week 12. Week 12. You willing to agree with that? Yeah, I do agree. I had that pegged as a loss, too. I think the the uh, phys- the physicality on Green Bay's perimeter runs will, 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 will do something. To this just in, Philadelphia Eagles have just taken their first loss of the season. They are now currently 10-1 and with a loss to the Green Bay Packers on Sunday, November 27th. Circle that date. Let's check these guys against that. Let's go to week 13. At home, Tennessee Titans. That, Rabel, have these guys sorted that, out by that, then? That's a game right there. And that game is in Philly, correct? That is in Philly. Yeah, that's a game that that's going to be a physical football game. But then I look at it like this. Philly's defense is so good on the back end that you got Robert Woods and you got Traylon Burks. I'm going to say make those guys beat me. And I'm loading everybody else in the box. I know, I know that's cliche and everybody said we're going to load the box. Sir. But their box is a physical box, yes, Philly's defense. And when you add more guys in, it makes it even harder. Yes, it does. So I'm going to give that win to Philly. You agree? I got Philly winning. That's a W. Next week, week 14, at New York, at MetLife, Ooh. divisional game against the Giants. It's a morning of Sunday, December 11th. Winner or loss? So New York, according to this division, what everybody's saying could be, what, 11-2 uh, and two at this point? Because <laughs> everybody thinks that division is – is, is going under. I'm going to say there's three, no. That's there's, no for me, dog. There's, but three I don't te- know. there's three teams that are three and one in that division, yeah. right? So they're all going to put that gonna, out. No. I'm going to get that to Philly. Winner or loss for the Eagles against the Giants in week 14 at MetLife. Michael Robinson agrees with a win. Nasty division game. He's he wants to do it. He wants to do it. Interminable amount because of Saquon. Is this the trap? Is this the trap? Because if Saquon has been healthy the whole year, he should be at about 1,100 yards right now. Is this the trap game then? A divisional game? It met life? All right, we're going to circle back to that. I'm going to give them a win against the, the Bears in Week 15. Yes. Do you agree with that? We all agree. I'm going to give them – I'm not going to give them anything. I'm going to ask you. Dallas, second game against the Cowboys in Dallas at the Star, Week 16. Christmas Eve, who gets the present? Who gets the W? That's that's the one I had. That's I the other – That's the Two other, L's. That's the only other L I Both had. Both of you have an L for them, and so you have them beating New Orleans at home on New Year's Day. Mm-hmm. You come Michael, out that you dome, it's a different team. And you have dome. them beating New York also at home. Favorable scheduling gods of the last game of the season. That's a W for both of you. And that's it. So that means. That's at 4 a.m.? That means that it is true. You can spell Philly with two L's. Two L's <laughs> Oh, only. that worked out. <laughs> two L's only. Week 12 at home against the Packers. Hard to disagree with that. Week 16 on the road at the Star against mm-hmm. the Cowboys. Hard to disagree with that. Michael Robinson reserves the right to say that he told you so if they take a third L. And week, 14. week 14 on the road at MetLife against the Giants. So, in summation, let's take that one off the board. The Eagles, as Willie and Mike Rob see it, will finish the regular season 15 and 2. Wow. Surely that's good enough for a top seed in the NFC? Yeah. Okay, so what do they do with that top seed? Do they plant it, water it, and grow a glorious Lombardi trophy? Or do they plant it, forget to water it, and grow a weed? The last time Philly went 4-0, I think they were playing us in the Super Bowl and lost. <laughs> so you see a run to the Super Bowl, but a loss in the Super Bowl. I'm not saying that. That's just saying I'm that. just going off the numbers. History suggests that it could repeat itself. Do you have a sensation? I'm not going to hold you to it. What they do with that top seed? Um, I believe on the NFC side, 
you just don't know how the Bucks are going to materialize. You don't know how the Rams are going to look or San Francisco at that time of the season. Too early. Green we'll Bay. Back. You know, Green or Bay. Green Bay too. You see what I'm saying? So let's just um, let's just say we can possibly put them in the NFC Championship. I will I, I will say this though, if if Philly goes to the Super Bowl, they win it. They lose to one of them dogs on the AFC side, one of them quarterbacks, yeah. Patrick or Josh. It, the quarterback right. play is going to come back to hunt. I mean, right. and I love Jalen. I'm not. I, they're, that's going to be the difference. Right. NFL fans, you heard it here first. We interrupt this podcast to bring AFC you a notice of critical AFC. importance to all fantasy managers. This week's waiver wire activity could very well have long-lasting consequences on your fantasy fortunes. So listen up, take note, and prepare your palate for a little Adam Rank hot sauce. Time now for our waiver wire hot sauce story. Let's go. drive through you get home and realize they didn't give us any hot sauce there's no hot sauce in the bag all the hot sauce is here i've got four running backs and listen if you need a quarterback go pick up jared goff i told you to pick up gino last week you didn't listen but let's start with the mild but flavorful and it's tyler algier a running back for the atlanta falcons who has already carved out a role with this team he had 10 touches on sunday over 100, or he had exactly 104 scrimmage yards. He is going to have a role with this team. Arthur Smith doesn't like to play fantasy football, but he is finding <laughs> ways to make players like this effective. He should be your top priority. All right, if he has already gone, let's get spicy. Let's get spicy and go with the newest member of the Denver Broncos, Latavius Murray. Oh, that's right. You're going to go online. You're going to see people telling you to pick up Mike Boone. Don't listen to them. Put that back in the fridge. How old is that hot sauce? What is the expiration date on that? No, no, no. You want Latavius so Murray, spicy, we don't have any video film of him. He played recently. Danger, the Saints, danger. The Saints put him back on the practice squad, and the Broncos are like, oh, I'll take that from you. Yes. Oh, oh, you're not going to eat I'll take that. Who was, oh, is that burrito left over? That's for me. <laughs> this is a player to go out there. You sneak it, and you go, and you get him on your team. Latavius Murray, right. listen, let's go to the three alarm. I'm going to go back to the Falcons because Caleb Huntley really impressed me on Sunday. Now, we think, obviously, that uh, Tyler's going to have his, his role but Huntley is going to be the guy that they lean on when they get near the goal line. Look at him pushing the pile right there. Oh, he might be small in stature, but he gets in there <laughs> and he makes those hard runs, gets into the end zone. If you have a lower waiver priority because your team's so good, don't be afraid to go out there and make a claim. It's a ball state guy, Gosh, David Letterman right. there. Throwing the cars, a little homage. Who's ready to go, Diablo? Diablo. Let's go, Diablo. Deion Jackson, oh. right? No, no, because I know a lot of people, Jonathan Taylor is battling an injury. They play Thursday night. We don't know his status. Now, everybody's thinking, oh, Naheem Hines. Naheem Hines already has a defined role on this team. What they need is a guy who can run between the tackles, and that is going to be Deion. Make sure that if you have Jonathan Taylor, go pick up Deion Jackson. If he doesn't play Thursday night, if JT is ready to go, no harm, no foul. You release him, you put him in the drawer, and you don't worry about it till next time. That was a terrible toss, but that was a great set. Hot sauce. Hot sauce. Hot sauce. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 
37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. You are listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast. Today's special guests, Michael Robinson and Willie McGinnis, saw what we all saw on Sunday night. A rather impressive performance from Tom Brady. Forgotten, overshadowed, utterly reduced to afterthought by a comprehensive and convincing Kansas City offense. But to label what we are seeing as simply Mahomes' magic is too easy. It's reductive. So, Willie, what are you seeing in this current post tyreekian version of the Reed Bienemy Mahomes matriculation machine that we are not? I like the I like the fact that you mentioned Bienemy, Eric Bienemy, and I know I talked to him at the combine this year, and he's been standing on the table to make this offense a more physical offense, which means incorporating the run a little bit more, and and we saw this. And, you know, to Mike Robb's point, we were talking earlier in our production meeting, we know what Patrick Mahomes is. He's already at 20,000 yards passing, and, and you can go down the line of all his accolades. We know what he can do. Um, I think a lot of people are surprised how fast he's doing it with the new receiving core. But we knew if they made an assertive effort to try and run the football with running backs that want to run the football that can stay healthy – that will make this offense a lot more explosive. And that's what I think we're seeing. 189 rushing yards to Willie's point against only three for the Bucks. Man, we'll talk about that another <sighs> day. Bad. CEH had 19 carries for 92 yards and a tug. Isaiah Pacheco, 11 carries guy. for 63 yards. You like this young man. I love him. Um, he's a passion runner. Me and MJD talked about him a couple of Thursday nights ago. He's a guy that when he runs the football, you can see it. The defense stands up. Everybody stands up. Hey, man, what's going on? You want to see it. You know what I mean? He gets you going. And I think his presence has lit a fire on the cloud. That was hilarious, too, because he's running a little bit harder than, we, than we've seen him. The, to me, guys, the space that was left from Tyreek Hill leaving, you know how I'm always talking about adding space to an offense, right, is now created from Creed Humphreys and uh, that kid Smith, uh, Smith, the right guard. Those kids, when they're double teams, Willie, literally move almost every defensive tackle that they've, mm -hmm. come up, that they've come up against. And so what's happening is in the running game, these backs are able to just lean on the double team before they make their cuts. And Andy Reid, to his credit, man, I've never seen it really happen consistently over a season. He's calling it. They're actually running it, so it's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Willie said this morning in the meeting that if you were alive on that Kansas City offense, you got a touch on Sunday. He wasn't hitting. <laughs> no fewer than 13 guys touched the ball against the Bucks. A scary number, a scary team. And finally, it seems that we never let you go without addressing your former teammate, Russell Wilson, which is entirely unfair, so I won't. But I will ask you about the loss of Javante Williams, which you argue is a lot more significant than just potential rushing yards would suggest. Talk to me about the real loss in Javante Williams. Paramount. Um, first of all, uh, Nathaniel Hackett and his offense, they call plays, Willie, like, no one is 2-3 unblocked dude. <laughs> It ain't the most sound offense that you call. I'm talking about the run game. Do they, they know it? Do they? They know it, Willie. I know, but we talked about them not being experienced play callers. That's true. So do they understand the That's nuances true. of when they – are they calling plays to call them and say, oh, I think this play will work? Or are they looking at what the defense is doing and what, how they're lately. lining up and calling it based on that? That's where I get confused. I, I, to, on tape, it, it looks like they're just calling plays, bro. And I'm surprised because I know my old teammate and Russell has seen a lot. And my thing is, say something. 
Go to him. Let him know. Like, bro, we can't be running this in the two unblocked guys. But anyway, to me, Javante Williams is the best player on the team. And wow. I know people are going to get upset. Wow. I know it was Bradley Chubb, who's a player and all of those things. But this dude, again, two, three unblocked guys, he's still getting four, uh, positive yards. There was a screenplay the other week. Two, three guys, unblocked. No, but no lineman got out there. He still made his yards and his pass protection. Elite. Elite. There's probably only one other back in, a, in this league that, that pass protects with the with the intensity that Javante Williams does, and that's Ezekiel Elliott. And Ezekiel's been doing it in the league for a long time. Yes. Dude, it, I want all of our listeners to go check out that Raiders game, Javante Williams, and see what he did to Jonathan Abrams on multiple mm -hmm. plays in pass pro. When you lose that type of protection for your quarterback, who Russell Wilson, he's a shorter guy, for him to see downfield, he has to back up a little bit. You need that extra protection. I think they're going to lose that with losing Javante. A human security blanket, a human flak jacket. Translation, Russell Wilson, watch your back. Heck, watch your front. <laughs> I want to thank my guests today, Michael Robinson, Willie McGinnis, and The Truth, which always makes an appearance when these two guys are around. Guys, thank you very much. Tomorrow, we will get you ready for the London games, the Giants, and the Packers only on NFL Network, Sunday morning, 9.30 Eastern. And we will prep you for game one of week five, the Thursday night clash between two teams in a swirl of uncertainty, the Colts and the aforementioned Broncos. Till then, ciao for now. NFL Total Access is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.